I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Welcome to Awkward Sex and City. My voice did go up four octaves when I said, hey! I'm here with Jesse Karen, who is the co-host of Welcome to My Vagina, which is a great podcast, also on More Banana uh, Production. Uh, it's dealing with some issues right now uh, with, um, did you want to elaborate real quick, with yeah. things getting taken down? So recently we, Welcome to My Vagina has been censored on TuneIn, Patreon, and uh, YouTube. Patreon has taken down uh, my cartoon Vulva, and it didn't take us long to find cartoon penises, and they're still up and running. Yeah. So it's it's censorship, and I wonder why. Um, so there's that happening, guys. So definitely listen, subscribe, uh, rate, react, like Welcome to My Vagina and give it all the support that I can. And in this episode, we talk about um, porn, things that we used uh, for porn before we knew about porn or didn't have to pay for porn, um, anxiety, bad breakups, what happens when you hit rock bottom, um, coming too soon, um, all the things. It's a great episode. I can't wait for you guys to listen and can't wait to hear what you think, guys. Uh, listen and enjoy. Yeah, he told me my vagina got too wet. 
not hitting on <laughs> sex with me because my vagina got too wet. Sorry, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he learned that you had a magical pussy and he put you down for it. Yeah, and my cool. vagina gets so wet and it's amazing. Like, it's great. <laughs> steak or dick? What did you say? Steak. Oh, oh, okay. I've never cried on a dick. Have I? No. I've done a lot of things. <laughs> Food. And it's like, oh, I'm sorry for having all the orgasms and tasting like delectable food. Like, fuck off. And it was like, yeah, exactly. Like, who gives a fuck? Well, welcome back. Like, yeah. what's up? <laughs> That's been a, it's a month. A month since we, we first did it. Uh, it's been longer. It's been a month and a half because your girl's gone dry. So I know when the last time I had oh, sex was. <laughs> he, was he was the last guy. Okay. He was the last guy. <laughs> um, I did. I did forget to tell you, I think I told you over text, but I did forget to tell you my favorite part of that whole night of what? my last sexual encounter, which was me being the most awkward person that I could be. Uh, we'd had a couple of drinks. We came home. We'd had sex. Uh, and then he got up to go like, I don't know, put the curtains down. I guess that should have happened beforehand regardless. <laughs> um, anyway, he stood up at some point and he said something to me. I can't remember what it was, but he was like, I said to him, well, you have a really big cock. Mm-hmm. And he was like, yeah, I know it's a blessing and a curse. And for some reason in my drunken mind, I tried to backpedal and I was like, oh, it's not that big. <laughs> and he was like, uh, and I was like, no, 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 no. I mean, it's obviously it's big, like clearly it's big, but it's not like so big that it's uncomfortable. Could you just, can you just get back here and let's just do this again? <laughs> Was he naked? Did you say he was naked? Oh, we were both naked. Yeah, he so got he up was- and he was like full uh, full attention. And I, he said something. I can't remember what he said to me, but it prompted me to be like, well, you have a giant cock. I just hope like when you, when you were like, it's not that big, that he like just looked <laughs> down at it and was like. Well, that, okay. that's exactly what happened. He oh, looked, perfect. He looked perfect. down and was like, uh, and I was like, no, 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 no. But there is such a thing as too big of a cock. Oh, yeah. I saw that Sex and City episode. Yeah. Even Samantha was like, I can't. No lube can do this. Like, it's like the girth. It gets too, like, you know, I go so I've far wide, I feel like. only had one in my life that was so big, and he must have known it because not only did he have no energy to put any effort into anything, but he just had lube in the nightstand, and he just took it out with his, like, poured a whole swath of it on his hand and just slathered <laughs> my Volvo with it. Oh, I love lube. And I still remember being like, um, but I was, like, 23, so I was like, fine, whatever but I wouldn't do it again. You have to go to locks with cocks. Like you have to find the one that's like, this one's just right. Yeah. You know? Because yeah. sometimes when it's too long, like, like it I, it's your cervix. Yeah. Things like certain positions hurt. Like, uh, sometimes doggy will start to hurt, mm-hmm. especially if you have, um, is it inverted uterus? Is that what it's called? When oh. your uterus, it, so usually your uterus is like going towards your, your stomach, but an inverted, I might be using the wrong term. Inverted is when it goes towards your, like your butt. So okay. if you have like, <laughs> If you get like period poops, you might have like an inverted uterus. Like if oh. you get cramps like around that area. I'm pretty sure I have one. Oh my God. My mom I, has one. I think I have an inverted uterus. 30% of women do. 30% have oh it. God. And it's nothing like wrong. It's not like it's prolapse. Like people no. confuse it with that. But I have um, all of my pain is right down above Yeah, my you butt. might. You might. Your gynecologist can tell you. They'll mm-hmm. be like, mm-hmm, yep, yep. But uh, <laughs> so sometimes when that happens, it, doggy hurts. Um, and doggy hurts for me. Mm. Um. And I don't know what it's called, but it's like, it's like a hybrid of like doggy and missionary. I used to do that with this dude that had a really big dick and it hurt so much. But now I do it with my really? current partner and it's like clutch. It's like, well, it's great. Oh, yeah. okay. So it's like, it can be, you gotta just, 
Got to find that bed yeah. that just, you know, fits just right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait, wait. But you're saying, so you've gone dry. Is it voluntary? Or is it like, are you, are you an incel? <laughs> yes, it is involuntary. <laughs> no, uh, it's a combination, I guess. Um, you know, it's not falling in my lap, so I'm not actively looking for it, I guess. Yeah. Um, I put myself out there in terms of like going out and looking cute, but I haven't really put much effort into finding a new uh, person to sleep with. I did make out with a bartender in the back of his bar the other day. Oh, that's hot. And we were supposed to go out, but then he canceled on me, which is fine because I've decided already that I will only casually have sex with him um, for multiple reasons. Uh, one of them, two of them are super serious things for me. I know that because every time I talk about them, I get really passionate about it. So like there are, I definitely want to have sex with this guy. For some reason, he gets under my skin in this way that mm. I just want to tear him to pieces. Uh, and then fuck him. And fuck him. Yeah, I, but call I, it, I call it hate fucking. It's like you hate being around that person, but you just know the cock's going to be good. Absolutely. Or the it's sex is going to be good. Definitely hate fucking, and he knows how to get under my skin. And some of it is just fun stuff, and some of it is like I actually disagree with you on a level that I don't like. Uh, so there's two things. The next person that I like go into a super serious relationship with is somebody that I don't want to have a family for like a significant amount of time. And I also don't want a conventional one in any way. Yeah. Um, but the next person I go into a relationship with, even if I don't think I, I keep backpedaling, I'm sorry. Um, you never know if that's the person that you're going to spend the rest of your life with. So it's yeah. always an option to fall like for there to be a trap door. But the next person I want to know that there's a possibility of that. And so I look for certain things. Uh, for instance, uh, he, he seems to me that he's a little homophobic Ugh, in, no. the, in that way that he feels uncomfortable. You know, it's that mach machismo thing, I guess. Or not machismo, but uh, he wanted to go to this concert and he was saying how it has a big gay following. And I was like, cool. And he was like, yeah, I don't know. He was like, I, you know, it's not that they make me uncomfortable. And he was like, no, I guess they do make me uncomfortable. And I was like, ooh, hard pass. Oh, my God. Hard pass. No. On so many levels. Hell just because no. I want people to be accepting of people in general. But yeah. also I think about it in terms of like, I would never date you because if we ever adopted a child or had a child, it would be. <laughs> I don't even need you to accept them. If you're even wavering on that, if you're like, okay, I'll try to accept them, you're gone. So for me, that's that's a hard pass. Mm -hmm. And then the other one was uh, he alluded to like possibly being like a borderline or like past alcoholic, but he still drinks and like he kind of said something about like blacking out. And that's like, I've already done that. It's I've had that burden for like 30 years in my family. So... I tap out. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to have to take care of that, especially yeah. someone's not even ready to admit that this could be something that they need to change in their, in themselves. <sighs> yeah. I mean, I have a lot of compassion for it, but for me, it's like, I already did it. And I, for years of my life. So if I have a partner, I want to go into that without that. If, if things happen later on down the line, we'll, yeah. we'll reach that bridge when we get there. But for me, I, I did it. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> but you are allowed to have like a checklist. And like, mm -hmm. we talked about this in the past. We actually talked about it a little bit today, but like in my year of dick is where I made my checklist, which was like, no, I don't, I cannot be with someone who's like this. I cannot be with someone that does that. And I did the same exact thing where I was like, oh, red flag gone. Because yeah. my whole life I would always ignore red flags because it was like, you can change. You love them. We're growing up together. Blah, and it's like, blah, blah. no, 
And I actually read an article recently that um, it was one of those like millennials kill everything articles. And it was like, well, actually, millennials have killed divorce because we're not getting married at 2021. And we are figuring out what the what we Mm -hmm. want professionally and personally beforehand. And then that basically the person that we get married to or whoever our partner is, um, we're on the same page right away. And I don't think a lot of our parents had that option yeah so they were unhappy like maybe professionally and then it turned into personally and then that would fester into divorce or like you know straying off to another person etc cetera, etc cetera. so yeah. it's like I, I i millennials get shot on all the fucking time but i actually really think be we jealous i think we really figured out a lot of stuff oh yeah. napkins are bad for the universe <laughs> divorce can be uh, taken away if you just take the time for yourself you don't have to get partnered up immediately like I don't know well it's about knowing your boundaries yeah and yeah I don't think there's anything wrong there's obviously obviously you have to make compromises but there are things that you should compromise on and things that you shouldn't and red flags are red flags for a reason you've dealt with them in some way in the past and there's a reason that you move forward and learn from your past relationships so and I feel bad for a lot of people that don't get to do that like I feel like there's a lot of people that do not learn from their past and then just end up in the same thing too like I don't know I I, yeah yeah that's a good point I mean it's so cliche to say that every relationship is a lesson but if you actually do start doing that you become more emotionally intelligent because you start learning from why didn't this work Mm -hmm. why did this fall apart Mm -hmm. yeah why did I get abandoned in Vietnam (laughs) why do you choose a person who would do something like that wait did you get abandoned in Vietnam (laughs) Wait, is this Pat? No. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. (laughs) It's my favorite breakup story because when people are passing around breakup stories, I'm like, (laughs) sit back. I got abandoned in a bar. That is what stopped. (laughs) That's what broke up me with my emotionally abusive ex. That was it. I got abandoned in a, I got (laughs) abandoned at UCB East and was like, you embarrass me. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Go on, please. I have to hear all of this. How did I not know this? I guess abandoned is a harsh word. It's not like he dropped me off in a suitcase, but I always like to say it. I I like to hyperbolize that part a little bit, but it also kind of is. Uh, So speechless. We never should have been dating in the first place. He'd already ruined my trust in the beginning. He was one of those people who um, he pursued me and then backed off. And as soon Mm. as I was like, but I like you, he was like, okay, cool. I'm going to fuck this up real hard and you know kind of like brought a new girl to a party you know a week after I told him that and he had said no but it was just it was poor timing and it was yeah. kind of like a shove in the face and so oh, there was yeah. like a lot of trust issues to begin with and then he started dating this girl and then uh he but then he kept pursuing me while he was dating this girl and while he was dating this girl I said that I was going to Southeast Asia for 3 months and he was like, oh, I should go. And I was like, are you, are you fucking kidding me? Oh, wait, I think you did. Did you talk about this? I think you did, but go on. I don't I, know. Anyway, he wound up dumping her. I wound up taking him back like a fucking crazy person uh, because I was young and stupid and in love with this like spontaneous, uh, chaotic, what's the word, like tumultuous thing, you know, because it's exciting mm-hmm. to be in that back and forth, back and forth thing. Mm-hmm. It's unhealthy, but we're attracted to it. I was attracted to it. And so oh, I was too. Don't worry. Like, I think we all go through. Uh, yeah. I think every like that. girl has that for sure. Uh, maybe even dudes, uh, everybody and non-binary. Sorry. <laughs> I 
have to stop gendering things. Literally everyone. <laughs> anyone. Uh, anyway, we wind up going to Southeast Asia. Things start falling apart immediately. My anxiety starts going through the roof. I start falling apart, crying in streets. He start he invites his friend to come with us. And then that guy brings a girl. And then we all start traveling together. And his friend is like, hey, want to go to India? And he's like, sure. And then he half-assedly remembers that I'm like next to him and was like, oh, do you want to go? And that's when I was like, dude, do you even want to be here with me? I start like crying. And I was like, you, you did you, I'm like a side note for you. And, you know, we kind of started trying to get to India and I was like, I don't know if I can go. I don't have a passport. And he was like, well, I'm going to go with or without you. And I was like, <gasps> okay. And so we had a conversation and then we walked down the street in Ho Chi Minh city and he was basically like, this isn't going to work. And I was like, but I love you. And he was like, I can't do it. And I was like, okay, cool. And so he was like, do you like want me to walk you back to the hotel hostel? And I was like, I mean, do you even want to? And he was like, and like shrugged and just walked away from me in the Ho Chi Minh city uh, in Vietnam and went back to his friend and him, his friend continued to travel on. And I got to the airport and cried in an airport for six hours and went to Bangkok and almost went home and then wound up going to Myanmar by myself and crying all over Southeast Asia. Oh my God. Yeah. Man, he fucking abandoned you. A little bit. A little bit. <laughs> oh my God. Wait, how did you not have a passport though? He had a New Zealand passport. I had just an American passport. So there was like some issues. I could have probably gotten in, but it would have taken a lot longer and oh, it would have a lot of, taken okay, a lot okay. more bureaucracy. Mm -hmm. And his friend had kind of taken over the trip and like been like, we're going here, we're going here, we're going here. And I was like, okay, you and me were supposed to go together and you weren't even supposed to be here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now you're taking over the whole scenario. So yeah, so he, uh, yeah, he broke up with me in Ho Chi Minh City. Like Jesus? a month and a half in, I think. Jesus fucking Christ. I'm like just, yeah. Well, they say... They say if you want to figure out if it's going to work with a person, you should travel with them. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. See, that's, an, that's another new rule of me for, of mine. I do not do that anymore. I actually, the last guy that I like fell madly in love with was like, I'm going to go to Cuba. Do you want to come with me? And I was like, not until you make a commitment because I, it's been six months and you're still like, I don't know. So no, I'm not going to go on a fucking trip with oh, you. Oh, yeah. Because I've had that breakup. I had another guy come down to Argentina with me and it was miserable. We couldn't even talk to each other. So we just watched Netflix. Oh my God. I mean, we like had a decent time, but we were all, we were clearly like avoiding things because we just sat there and watched like a whole season of Netflix in Argentina. This makes me so sad because it's so fucking cool to travel with someone that you love and like that yeah. you love being around. It's so cool. It's like, it's like a completely different level of like, uh, commitment I guess like you just learn so much about each other in this like foreign city and I hate that these men have not given you that opportunity because it is mm -hmm. like do not give up on it it is the coolest thing in the world no and, and I mean again like I'm also a big, big proponent of like I added to both of those things obviously I mean Vietnam was a little bit more him for sure but, yeah, I, was about but to say. I, I also added a lot I mean especially to the last one I was definitely like a that was a combo breakup for sure um but yeah I mean it's it's weird too because traveling for me is so significant and so important. It's such a huge part of my life. And to, and the first guy that I went to like Southeast Asia with, that was a dream of mine to go traveling with my partner. Yeah. So if I can go traveling with somebody, I'm a fucking, I'm a, I'm a lock it in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I hate shitty people. This makes me so mad. <laughs> like, I don't, maybe that's like this, like the southerness in me, but like the etiquette of like you 
plan this trip together <laughs> you you see it through oh my god you don't just like invite someone else and it's you know like what, another country i'm so glad that that happened that's true too. i'm not even mad at him um he's not in my life so there's like no point in it but i i'm also so fucking happy that happened my whole life changed after that because i'd been avoided and this is why i say that i was also a little responsible because there were things that i hadn't dealt with as a human as mm-hmm. a person and so i had a lot of anxiety and at this point it popped like a giant fucking zit and I fell apart and hit my absolute bottom and what's cool about that is when you hit your absolute bottom and you're like on the floor pulling out your hair and like screaming and crying Mm -hmm. you know and like everything around you falls apart coming back from that and knowing that you can survive something like that and that it's going to be okay you put that forward in everything in your life so now anytime I'm down it's so much less hard because I know there's just an amount of time that I have to get through to that finish line yeah and then i'll be fine again and not only fine but great because it usually it goes back and forth yeah so yeah i don't know i mean it was a super hard time for me because there was that and then a lot of family stuff happened and then yeah my anxiety hit this big just bubble and it popped and it was it was it sucked but after six months i figured my shit out and since then i've been a whole human and i know how to like stand next to my anxiety now yeah which is cool that is cool. And I don't think a lot of people ever really deal with their shit, which I didn't realize that I remember like texting someone that I had like kind of fallen out with. And I was just like, hey, FYI, they like did something. I was like, really proud of you. And I got myself into therapy like, you know, we're making changes like we're growing. And she, she said something like, you know, uh, it's not that you're growing. It's oh God, I'm going to fuck it up. But she was like she basically was like, not everyone does this. So it's just cool that you're doing it and that we're doing it. Yeah. And so it's cool that like you did it. You took that those six months, which isn't a long time, but I think so many people freak out and they're like, this is just the end of the world. I can't handle six months alone or six months with myself, mm-hmm. like really looking in the mirror and being like, oh, this is what I like and what I do not like. Yeah. Um, and how to fix it, because you can say what's wrong, but then never fix it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really easy to turn a blind eye to. Yeah. I mean, it put me in therapy for a year. It made me ask really super hard questions. Mm-hmm. I almost got fired from a couple of jobs because I would just like cry in public. <laughs> um, Yeah. So after that, it made me look at myself and it also kind of made me approach things and stop listening to other people. And it sounds like you had these like revelations or moments like at the same exact time, which that's like a lot. (sighs) It's overwhelming. Like (laughs) I've had it, but it was like spaced out. It was like 2014. I had the rock bottom in a relationship. Mm -hmm. And then 2016, I had like the rock bottom with um, boundaries and stop listening to other people Mm. professionally and personally. But like those two separate rock bottoms were fucking awful. Yeah. So I can't even imagine having to do them at the same fucking crash time. <laughs> like a goddamn, yeah, a goddamn crash course. Like a holy shit. Because like what, what, just speaking from my experience, what I had to do, I had to completely change my life after the dude um, in How a lot of ways. Uh, we were off and on for like a year and a half. We weren't oh. like together or anything, but it was like. One of those. Yeah. Like it was a. Uh, I don't even know how to explain it, but it's just like I had to like relearn everything on like how I saw myself in comedy, how I saw myself with other people. He would just say really, really, really bad things about my body, too. Um, yeah, he told me my vagina got too wet and that he didn't want to have sex with me because my vagina got too wet. Sorry, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he learned that you had a magical pussy and he put you down for it. Yeah. And my vagina cool. gets so wet and it's amazing. Like, it's great. <laughs> Um, and I still love lube because it can't be too wet. You can never be too wet. That's um, a ridiculous thing to say. So I had to like relearn like all this stuff, like my independence, like who I saw myself as, um, who, what I thought 
you know, potential partner saw me as, what I wanted to project. Uh, he also said shit about like, uh, like comedy stuff. I had to like relearn, like, you know, I am in this, I am good at this, mm-hmm. things like that. But again, just like to think about like those two separate like breakdowns, rock bottom, and then to do what you did, like that makes you like a really, really strong person. Like you should be very (laughs) proud of yourself. I mean, yeah, I think that's the thing is that crash course also made me once I got out of the the, like year of feeling super weak and miserable, it you get to a point where you're like, oh, I'm strong as fuck. I can handle anything. Yeah. After something like that. So, yeah, that that was empowering after you get over that hump. (laughs) feels really good. Other than that, it was a lot of crying. A lot of crying. <laughs> just feels so bad. So much crying. Oh, so Pretty much sure crying. I cried on some dude's steak. <laughs> steak or dick? What did you say? Steak. Oh, oh, okay. I've never cried on a dick. Have I? No. I've done a lot of things. <laughs> I've teared up. I've teared up, but if I'm like gagging on it. Right. Which guys like really love when you like literally choke on their dick. And I do not understand that. I don't get, I I blame, I do blame porn for that one. That's a big porn thing. I blame a lot on porn. I blame a lot on porn. I think men have a lot of issues just from the men that I've heard talk about it. They have a lot of issues connected with porn because they think that that's how sex is supposed to be. And so they get a lot of not bad habits, but like I, I have a lot of dude friends who have been like, I've gone down the wormhole that like nothing's fucked up enough. So I have to, oh. yeah. so I have to keep watching more and, and worse types of porn, oh. which starts to psychologically fuck you up. Yeah. I can't not. In different ways. Oh, yeah. Which is why we just need better sex ed in public schools, because if people just actually saw what sex is. Yeah. Then that wouldn't be an issue. Like porn could be seen as just a fantasy rather than what it is presented to as a reality. Yeah. I mean... Welcome to My Vagina, you know, started a little bit for fun and it kind of graduated into like destroying the taboo of sex. I think a lot of our societal problems and closed mindedness comes from stems from us being so ashamed of our bodies and of sex. I mean, everyone, almost everyone does or will have sex. I say almost everyone, but um, I don't know. I feel like we are afraid of it in some way. And it reminds us of our like animal selves. And so we keep trying to like push it down and push it down, but it's a reality. And if we make it less taboo and less shameful, then I, I don't know, I'm, I'm not describing this well, but I think it would make our lives a lot simpler and easier and funner. <laughs> well, it's definitely one way to keep, uh, you know, uh, a certain group of people down, right? Like to to put that like Madonna horror complex on us for us to not, to feel shame for having sex, but then to have sex with people that are okay to have sex and then you're like considered a whore. Like it's a whole thing. It's it's totally patriarchal. It's totally like based in like awful like um, ideals, et cetera, et cetera. Because I completely agree. Like that's why I do awkward sex. Why I do awkward poop because like my whole comedy is taking taboo subjects specifically for women and like finding the humor and the, the the sense of um I want to say morality that's not the right word at all but like the sense of like community Mm -hmm. of it that we're all the same we're all women shit women fuck women orgasm yeah just like well it's it's also a level of control in that way Mm -hmm. um for everyone and particularly women in terms of like how they control, how, how the government and how our society controls our body. You're controlling 
us in that way by shaming us and by not really being able to fit in either the slut or or virgin category. There's no room for us anywhere. So who are we at that point? Yeah. And so if you if we if you don't give us the tools to define who we are and to figure out who we are, then we're locked in this pickle all the time. And it yeah, it, it creates this confusion and and shame. Yeah. Do you have a specific porn that you like? If you are willing, mm. it's, that's a very personal question. So I understand if you're like, I don't want to disclose. I really don't. Um, I, I realized recently because I, I find that I like to watch a lot of like BDSM bondage stuff. Oh, yeah. It's just um, hot. Huh? I said shit's hot. I love it. But I think I like it mostly because I like teasing, which is weird because the experiences that I, I would hope that like I find somebody who's really into teasing because I really need to like lengthen my time. Uh-huh. If that makes sense, because if you start teasing me, just the idea that you're teasing me will get me off. Yeah. You know, like yeah. if you like blow into my vagina. I'm like, <laughs> I love that. You're like, I want I don't want to come as quickly. <laughs> I, it's true. I want it. I want to like I want it to last longer, but I get so revved up on stuff uh-huh. that like once I get start getting excited, if I'm that excited, like it's really hard to not come. The last guy that I like truly dated would stop and it was such a hot turn on. Cause like he would be like, no, you're not allowed to come yet. And I'd I be was, like, oh my God. <laughs> I was just going to ask if anyone's ever said that to you. Cause it's really hot it's, to be like, you can't come. Yeah. But the problem is, is when he said that I was like, fuck. Oh yeah. Cause of course you're going to come when someone tells you that. Like you can't hold it in. No, you're going to come. Right. However, in his hands, on his cock, right, in her right. hands, wherever. Yeah. Um, super hot. I used to watch this weird clip. That's not porn from that movie Thursday. I should feel really uncomfortable about this, actually. I don't know. I don't know Thursday. Uh, it's this weird thing, but she ties him. Uh, maybe I shouldn't say this because it makes me sound really fucked up. Um, don't worry. I have, okay. a, I have a bad one that I, anytime I tell people, they're like, oh, you should feel bad about that. Okay. Well, I'll tell you. So, like, obviously, I am, I am not a fan. I'm, like, actively against any form of rape, male, women, anything. But in Thursday, it's, like, a fictional movie. and like she ties up this dude and she's trying to get information from him and she's wearing this like red leather dress and then she kind of like ties him up and she's like, oh, I'm going to make you tell me. And then she like takes his wife's picture and like puts it next to them and then she basically has sex with him and comes. And she, he was like, I'm not going to get hard. And she's like, yeah, you are. And then she sits on him and he gets hard and she has sex with him. And I was like, for some reason, I get like super turned on by it. It's, I, I guess it's, I don't know, because it's like it turns it on its head in some way. Well, it's the fantasy of it all, too. Like, I, there is a difference between the Real, fantasy yes. of something yeah. when it's because it makes me feel guilty. Obviously, you don't ever want that to happen yeah. in your life to anyone, male, female, non-binary, anything. But like, yeah, well, like there's definitely a lot of people that are like, it is a consensual thing that we are going to pretend that this is like I am intruding into your room or space, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a whole thing. Like, yeah. Um, but it's consensual because it's like talked about beforehand. Right. Which is, you know, all, also like sex workers are and BDSM and all those like fantasy porns and stuff like that. They're experts on that. Yeah. On consent. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, OK. Mine's really bad. Uh, so please outdo me. <laughs> this is um, this is before like I guess this is before I was aware of. um Video also, I've never told anybody that. <laughs> I am honored. <laughs> this podcast just lets everything out. Um, 
Okay, I can't remember the title of the movie, but you guys will remember it immediately. It's uh, so this is before porn. So I would kind of just like Google or like YouTube like sex scenes, uh, right before YouTube got really good about taking down all the sex scenes. So, but one that for some reason just would not get taken down was um, it was uh, Halle Berry and Billy Bob Thornton in what is that movie called? <gasps> Mon- Monster. Monst- Monsters no, Ball. Monsters Ball. I Monsters think. Ball. So it's a fucked up movie yeah uh, it's uh it's it hits like everything um and she's oh god what does she keep saying it she's like i don't uh like i don't want to hurt anymore i don't want to hurt anymore or something like that and they fuck and it's like really it's it's a like it's not like the sex is like bad in any way but like what it symbolizes is like really bad like i remember telling my boyfriend he was like oh you shouldn't tell people about that <laughs> um very dark movie i've masturbated to it a hundred times okay um, Fair enough. Everyone listening to this is going to be like, yeah, I have shame porn. Okay. okay. Mine is, mine feels so like uncomfortable to me. Yeah. Like I feel uncomfortable by I mean, it. Like you said, like it's reality versus fantasy, but like even like having that as a fantasy, I'm like, what's wrong with me? <laughs> Cause it, I mean, and, and it's not a fantasy of mine either. Like outside of that clip, I don't is that, have yeah. that, you know? Yeah. But it is, it is something about like, what we have access to yeah and that is what i had access to i was looking for different things there was also this one clip where it was i don't know what movie it was it was like some european movie but it was like some chick would sit on this dude in this like public bathroom and just fuck him yeah and i was like that's so hot but that one got taken down sooner than monster's ball really yeah i mean i could never find it again yeah I, i don't even remember oh i think i just typed in sex on youtube I think that's what I would do too. Yeah. Or be like sex scenes or something. Like I don't like I don't before I discovered Red Tube. Yeah. And how I didn't realize porn websites were a thing. Or was it that we still had to pay for them then? Oh, I don't know. It might have been that. I don't know. I feel like I knew. I feel like I knew about porn sites. Because I did, because I'd watch porn on my brother's computer because I didn't have a computer. Mm-hmm. And my brother'd be like, stop watching porn on my computer. You're giving my computer viruses. And I'm like, I'm not watching. <laughs> I'm not watching. That's so porn. amazing. It's you and not him. I feel oh, like he was watching it too. Yeah. But he knew not to click. I clicked all the boxes. <laughs> he was like, stop <laughs> clicking the fucking boxes. And I was like, I'm not. And then I would be like, oops, oops. <laughs> so, so I knew about it. You started early. Um, when did I start? I definitely remember 13. I like felt something down there. I was like, huh? Mm. Like that feels good. Um, and I don't think I actively started masturbating to like 15 or 16 but i shoved everything in there yeah. oh my god everything went up my badge that i was like this is phallic let's see what That's happens so impressive really that was not my yeah that was not my <laughs> experience at all i had like a lot of shame shrouding it for some reason Aww. which is weird well, i mean not it's not weird it's actually at not all weird it's most girls yeah, yeah. I, I think and i think a lot of the girls that i know would say that it started for them a lot later especially masturbation Especially porn too. Porn came way late for me because there was some weird thing where I'm like, oh, well, girls don't watch porn. There's definitely, that makes me so sad. I don't remember like, I don't think my mom taught me about masturbation. I don't remember like where I learned it from. If I have children, I'm excited to like give them the sex ed that I didn't get. Oh yeah. You know. To, to not be afraid of your body. To, yeah, to, to not, not have it be taboo. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. My friend who's like a sex educator, she like posted this meme recently that was like, we live in a society that shames people for having 
too much sex and mm-hmm. eating too much like fast food. And it's mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm sorry for having all the orgasms and tasting like delectable food, like fuck <laughs> off. And it was like, yeah, exactly. Like who gives a fuck like what other people are doing? Like it does not affect you. Like let us have all the orgasms. Let us eat all the shit right. that we want. Like it doesn't affect you. Um, and that's everything that we're fighting for. And yeah, in, right now in general, you know, in terms of LGBTQ, in terms of racism and in terms of of sexism, it's it's like, why do you give a fuck what that person does? Why yeah. do you care? Why do all these things have to be these constructs that you make up? Like, right. why? Like, these aren't real. Like, it's just a way to put people in their quote unquote places that you see them fit. Um I'm totally going to yell at a random white, old white dude today. Um, I have so much to right now. <laughs> oh my God, you just listened and you just enjoyed. Uh, it wasn't a great. Please don't judge me for what I used to listen to uh, or watch for uh, porn because I still judge myself as well. And that was a huge thing for us to tell you. So yay. What? I don't know. Life. Um, again, hope you loved it. Hope you love talking about masturbating, bad breakups, what it means to like take care of yourself and figure out your boundaries and all that shit, which is really important in sexuality and in life and relationships, professionally, personally, everything, all the things. Take the time if you feel like you haven't given yourself the time. Um, thank you for listening. Listen, like, subscribe, rate, give us some reviews, all those things. Email us questions if you want at awkwardsexandcity at gmail.com. And thank you. See you in two weeks. Bye.